0: Hogwarts,
1: Hogwarts, 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 Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey, and I'm Katie. And today we are discussing the most complicated character in Harry Potter, part two. Yeah. Severus Snape, who also happens to be haunting Katie on this very day. Yeah,
0: I saw a snake today, and there was just two. There's actually two does. They just ran through my. Do you backyard, think it was right? Snape and
1: recording. Lily reincarnated? They finally yeah, get to be together.
0: Their afterlife together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a lesson to part one of our Snape episode, go do that first because this is just kind of a continuation of that. So. We didn't mention something in this episode. We probably mentioned it in our first episode.
1: Or we just forgot about it.
0: Or it's just not important. Yeah.
1: That too. Um, our patron of the episode is Mark. Thanks, Mark. You are a real homie. Thank you.
0: Yeah. On that note, speaking of Patreon, we are making some changes to the podcast that will affect number of episodes that will be coming out and scheduling so we just want to let you guys know and if you're a patron you already know this they got the first hand scoop
1: <laughs> insider info
0: insider info They're reporting live. <laughs> um so i will be moving to london england in a couple of months and thus the time change will present
1: quite a conundrum for recording episodes yes As you can tell, probably by our increased lateness for the past (laughs) few months, we already struggle a little bit to schedule and record. Um, So, yeah, we just decided that three episodes a month, because we usually do one every two weeks and a Patreon episode, was going to be too much for us, um, and we want Katie to have some fun and hang out with some British people and develop really a British be. accent. And ideally, be a, a, a Um uh, <laughs> This is actually, <laughs> we're changing the podcast to the Search for Daisy's <laughs> British, <laughs> British. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, we are going to go down to one episode a month, roughly ish, reform. You no longer get to hold us to dates. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're going to go with the flow. uh, But the idea is to keep up the podcast because we both like doing it. And it forces Katie to talk to me. (laughs) Um, So we're going to do our best to keep it up at one episode a month. And since we also have kind of been struggling for topics lately, hence why we were finally, our hand was finally forced to do Snape. (laughs) Episode and stay tuned for next episode. (laughs) Um, so we'll be doing uh, for all of you who aren't patrons, you're gonna get to experience the patron, uh, exclusive kind of sort of content that we've been doing for the past two years. Uh, that's random chapter read throughs, which we both really enjoy doing. Um, and it's nice because we don't have to like come up with subject to do things on we just kind of choose a random chapter uh sometimes based on the month and the vibe of the month sometimes it's one that we want to do and sometimes we random number generate it so uh we're gonna try and do chapter read-throughs like throughout the chap throughout the series not in chronological order once a month and on that note i guess that kind of opens up like feel like we've already done some of our patrons favorite chapters but oh yeah um people who maybe haven't had the chance to listen to us do a chapter read through before um if you have a favorite chapter you can suggest it to us and we'll totally do it
0: yeah and we probably won't redo any of the chapters that we've already done for our patrons um so i can't list them all because we've done quite a few of them but so if there's any, like, big chapters that we're kind of, like, purposely ignoring, like, that is
1: probably why. Yeah. Probably <laughs> yeah. already talked about it. Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, we, we're we excited that we're going to be able to – we think we're going to be able to keep this going, and yeah. we're excited to do those episodes for a broader audience. But yeah. uh, if,
0: I love doing those episodes. I think it provides, like – we don't talk about kind of like where the where the story is a lot and like the timeline i think those chapters are fun to kind of talk about them in greater context i really like talking about kind of the like thematic port like the thematic parts of the chapter maybe some like interesting writing styles writing techniques um i always kind of i just i really enjoy the chapter episodes i think they're fun and different for us
1: yeah definitely um we will still like if if people also have topics that they want us to cover we'll still do that but i think we're kind of i i i'm afraid to say it but we have we feel that we have exhausted almost exhausted i'm sure there are plenty of topics that could be done but we have done a lot of topics um, and I feel 100%. like there's
0: we've made jokes about this about like struggling to come up with topic ideas for like over a year now and yet we still keep coming up with them <laughs> but like I think I were like I think I'm out
1: I, th- I truly think this is it this time <laughs>
0: think that we we've done pretty much all of the characters that we feel like are worth worth doing, doing like have enough to do a chapter yeah. um we've done a lot of locations
1: we've done all of the subjects we've done movies it's just We are... I'm dry. (laughs) Um, So just for a timeline of things, this episode I think is coming out like the first week of August. And -hmm. then after this episode we will have two more episodes in August. Um, Like the following... After two weeks and then after two weeks again. I think our last uh, sort of episode on that kind of... That timeline, that cycle is going to come out are we maybe September first? Um, yeah, just I think like, we're gonna. I think that's a Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, no, so it Friday? might be like a. a I think it was close, wasn't it? It is a Thursday. A Thursday. So that week, we will. Or yeah. That on that day, we will uh, release our last kind of episode of like this era of the podcast, and then um, yeah, we'll start. Turning out those chapter episodes for you all
0: yeah so this will provide a real timeline for if and when my accent changes so (laughs) call me out (laughs) call me out if I start doing a British accent because I have no business picking
1: up one (laughs) humble me (laughs) yeah that's funny um okay Anything to add, oh, I just wanted to say, I know we like spent a while on our last patron exclusive episode, but thanking them, but I wanted to like yeah. thank everybody who's ever been a patron, even if you are you didn't stick with us all the way, we still um are so appreciative of you and and just generally, like everybody that listens to this podcast, um it feels like a little bit of a change of like changing of time, I don't know, yeah, yeah. turning point, but uh. Yeah, we are so, so grateful for all of you.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we we pretty much stuck to our two every other week release schedule. Was it like three and a half years? Yeah. Is that what it was? Over 100 episodes on our main feed alone. So it's been a good run. Not saying it's over, obviously, but it'll be be different, a lot more relaxed. Um,
1: For the love of the game.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just so Audrey and I are forced to talk to each other and stay in contact,
1: really. We'll just, like, publish our FaceTime conversation. We'll just start recording the instant we get on FaceTime, and there'll be so much longer. No editing will be involved. Oh, if I didn't have to edit another oh God, episode, yeah. I could keep up our pace if I didn't have to edit. Yeah, alright, that
0: was a long intro, and this is probably going to already be a long episode, so let's get into it. So this, this Snape episode will be a little bit more freeform. We're kind of talking about his relationships, his morals, um, more internally as opposed to externally. We mm. talked about kind of the external Snape. Today we're talking about the internal Snape. Mm. So we're starting off strong with his relationship with Lily I'm going to talk about for a little bit slash a long bit right here <laughs> so as i mentioned in the first episode snape met lily when they were like at least 10 years old because um lily had not gotten her hogwarts letter yet and it is like i guess like kind of confirmed canon that they received their letters on their a lot of the birthdays. Um, so, at least she was 10. I'd, like, probably say that they're both, they're both, like, a year out from going to Hogwarts at minimum, so. So, he would be around 10 as well, right? Because we just said Yeah, yeah. Know. Well, yeah, because his birthday of Jane Ramsey's right before, him. yeah. So, they're probably both 9, 10. I can't imagine, like, too much time passes between now and going to Hogwarts. Because, yeah. like, obviously she's still, like, she's already showing, like, outward signs of magic can, like, semi-control it. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so Snape was drawn to Lily from at the very beginning. Um, like we also mentioned in our first episode, he had been watching her for an undisclosed amount of time before they even officially met. So the obsession started right <laughs> off the bat, um, oh. and he became like very attracted to her. And I don't like I don't want to make it gross. Like I don't think ten year old Snape's like I can't wait to fuck this yeah, girl. You made it <laughs> gross well I, I say have, that using the word attracted oh i even on my notes it says attached <laughs> um anyways snape, <laughs> snape was just like uh, very drawn to her i think he was fascinated by her life a little bit um we know that like lily had a fairly happy childhood a fairly loving family with a loving parents and a somewhat loving sister <laughs> for at least like childhood maybe um, or at least up until this point I guess too so I think that that was kind of this like Snape looking into like what he wished his life was so I think there was a little bit of that element as well as that I think like he really enjoyed kind of having like, I, like power isn't the right word but like knowledge or like he kind of like could feel superior to her in a way that like he knew about the wisdom world he was able to kind of like educate her on that he was able to like prove that he knows so much and like impress her with his knowledge um and I think he really enjoyed that because I don't think he grew up in a situation where like he ever felt kind of like superior before Mm -hmm. um so I think he kind of was drawn to that feeling as well and it almost like it comes off to me as kind of, like, he made her his little project. He was, like, I can, like, kind of mold and shape her, like, view of the world, um, and kind of, like, make her feel like she needs me a little bit, yeah. um, which is, like, very manipulative, but then again, like, he's a 10-year-old kid, it's like, I doubt he's kind of doing it with, like, super bad intentions, but it is a little, you know, not great, um, so, they do end up going off to Hogwarts together. Granted, they do have a... They, their relationship is not all smooth sailing until the end of the end, and fifth year after the OWLs. Even before they left for Hogwarts, like, Snape makes that branch ball and it hits Petania mm-hmm. and Lily's, like, not happy about it. And then, like, even at platform nine three quarters like they avoid or lily avoids him and then he kind of like tracks her down and he's like why aren't you talking to me Mm -hmm. um so it was always kind of a rocky relationship and it seemed like it was always kind of like snape making mistakes and lily having to like apologize for him
1: i'm i'm actually really glad that you brought this up because Um, I feel like a lot of people like to point at, like, the fracture in their relationship and blame the Marauders or blame James or blame her being in Gryffindor and those kinds of stuff, and I think uh, maybe these early fractures are more due to, like, Snape's insecurities that come from his early childhood, but, uh, like, there are fractures because... She still loves her family, and he is yeah. show. He is already showing the fact that like he does not care about the people that he cares o- that she cares about. Like yeah. when you love someone, you care about everyone that th- like is adjacent to them. And he is already showing, even though like yes, he is a very immature young child, but like these things persist in that like. He only cares about wanting to have her to himself. And that is, like... That is, like, the initial fracture. is like, the fact that he's trying to take her away from Petunia and away from um, her family.
0: Yeah, and he even is, like... Because there's also, at this point, there's also the, like... Petunia wrote to Dumbledore to try and yeah. get into Hogwarts. And he's, like, oh, my gosh. She, like, she won't be let in. Like, very...
1: Like, he's mean to Petunia off the bat already. And he he does, like, to make this very clear, like, he does not want Petunia to be let in because then, like, Lily has another bridge to the magical world.
0: Yeah, and he kind of wants to be the only... Connection. Like, he wants to be her only friend, honestly. Um, So, also on the train, like i don't i don't know if like because we know that ron doesn't like super know about like sorting in the houses he just kind of knows that he's supposed to be in gryffindor at this point and like slytherin's bad but like even snape is like oh i can't wait to be in slytherin and like you better be in slytherin too it's like does he just like anybody who knows lily and then like knows what the criteria is for getting into slytherin like she would not be sorted into <laughs> slytherin so i don't know if this is just a case of like snape being kind of like so blinded and like we must stay together at whatever the cost or if like he just doesn't understand the sorting it's kind of applied that 11 year olds like when you come in you don't know everything um but i thought that was really interesting it's like why like that that will never happen <laughs> yeah. um and so they spend their time at Hogwarts, again, like it is not just the incident after the OWLs. Like we see, so that I'm getting a lot of this from Snape's memories um, in Seven. And so we see a lot of memories from before Hogwarts, and we see like the Hogwarts Express where they first run into the Marauders and Lily first kind of like tells the Marauders off and kind of defends Snape in a way. Um, but then also, like, the next thing we get, like, Harry just says, like, they're a little bit older. Like, time has passed. Yeah. So we don't know the age of this. But this is where we see that, like, he's already started to hang out with Death Eaters. Lily has already told him that she doesn't like who he's hanging out with. Yeah. They're bad people. And this is also where we get that, like, the incident with the Whompy Willow and, like, James saving Sirius's life has already happened. So we talked a little bit about the timing of this in our first episode, and I think we i, I totally forgotten about this. So this—I, like, I would guess that this was, like, third year. You know, like, a little bit—like, third or fourth year. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's the same as the OWL year, so— Um, Just when the incident occurred. And so he's already obsessed with the Marauders at this point. Like Lily's like, why do you care about them so much? It's like, well, do you know where Lupin goes? He's sick every month at the full moon. And she's like, I don't care. Like you can tell that like they are just like so fundamentally different people, Mm -hmm. even at this point that like they were never going to like work out in a way that they were going to stay friends, especially not be in a relationship. Um, and so then there's the incident at and during fifth year after the OWLS where he calls her mudblood after she stands up to him in front of the Marauders. Oh, also wait, backtracking a little, <laughs> little bit in the in the the first memory that I was talking about, the one that I think is like third or fourth year, Snape is like you know, James Potter fancies you, but, like, you can't. I won't let you. Mm, mm -hmm. And then he's kind of, like, so disgusted at the idea of them dating, he can't even, like, put it into words. And Lily's, like, let you. Like, let me. Like, what are you talking about? First off, like, I think James is an arrogant toe rag, just like you. That's where that quote comes from. Um, And then it's even said that, like, Snape totally wasn't paying attention to whatever she said after she called James an arrogant toe rag. But anyways so again like feeling a claim over her like he won't let her like you are not involved in her decision making for who she's going to date my friend (laughs) and then like i said the incident in fifth year um again like snape calls lily a mudblood i will say we kind of almost gave snape too much credit in our first episode because we were talking about how like he doesn't seem to care about blood purity there is a quote where lily says like why am i any different you call everybody of my birth a mud blood so like why don't you call me like mm.
1: why wait did she say that or does she say your friends call everybody a mud
0: blood? no no she says snake oh.
1: she says like why am i any different you call everybody else of my birth mud blood wow so it's not like he just said that word one time and he let it slip like he no, let it slip like, in reference to her to her but he yeah. used that word yeah presumably okay so we gave really him track. way too uh, much kind of that go back edit it I know it's already out but edit it
0: um uh, so yeah then this is obviously, like, we talked about this in our first episode, so I won't harp on it, but this is more kind of, like, the straw that broke the camel's back, not so much the, like, inciting incident for, like, why their friendship breaks up, like, again. Like I said, pretty early on, it was clear that, like, they were just not... They have different morals, they have different values. Yeah. Sneep literally joins a gang that's
1: like, wants to kill everybody like Lily, so... Can I just say that this, like... Okay, first off, if he calls you a racial slur, he doesn't love you. If he calls you any kind of slur, he doesn't love you. And um, this... Uh, I want to interject here because I feel like it's grounded in, like, their uh, time at Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, but this is such... I, I, this is one of the reasons I am so, so averse to the Snape Lily romanticization and Mm. people being like, he was, it was his one true love and he sacrificed it. He dedicated his whole life to this love. And it also ties into like something that the fandom has done with like shipping Draco and Hermione. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say like, if somebody's mean to you and this is particularly like, It's always portrayed as, like, in school, like, a a boy is mean to a girl, usually, is the, like, the portrayal of it. Like, if somebody is mean to you, like, that... That doesn't mean that they like you, and if that's how they're no. showing that they like you, like, I'm putting like, you know, like, 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 you know, how, <laughs> like, parents always tell their daughters, like, oh, the boy's mean to you because he thinks you're cute, like, yeah, like, like he's teasing you because he thinks you. That is so dangerous, like, those are the it kinds is. of behaviors that lead to abusive relationships and domestic violence, and mostly men... But people in adults and relationships thinking that they can have anything that they want and thinking that they can take things without you saying that they can take them. And don't ever, like, I feel like most of our listeners are probably at the age where they realize this now. So I'm telling our (laughs) listeners, don't ever tell your children, don't ever tell somebody else's children that a kid in school is being mean to them because they have a crush on them. Because that's fucked up
0: it is it like it may not seem very harmful and like but it just the implications that it can have down the road and how it kind of like teaches women to think about men is just, and like yeah te- yeah and it allows most of the time in that context it, yeah. like you said it's between a woman and a man or a girl and a boy and, i guess yeah it teaches
1: people just like how that they should be treated by the people that love them like no, yeah quote love yes yeah, Yeah, we'll get into that at the end. (laughs) Shoot, I was going to say something else. Sorry if that totally derailed you. No, 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 it's okay. I just
0: had something I was like, oh, I have to remember to mention this and I totally forgot it. Anyways. um, Oh, no, what I was going to say is, so Lily also has like a very clear and like she is not, so the relationship between Snape and the Rodgers we know is very antagonistic. But I think something that Lily sees that sometimes readers refuse to if they're kind of defending Snape is that Snape a lot of the time is antagonizing the Marauders. Now, I'm not saying that like that makes the bullying and the abuse that the Marauders in turn like do to him any better, but like Snape is sometimes in the few instances we see kind of, like, a willing participant in this, right? Like, yeah. he knows that, like, the marauders are bullying him, but he continues to, like, follow them around, antagonize yeah. them. Like, we, they even say, like, in the instance with the OWLs, it's like, Snape was, like, it seemed as though he was, like, sitting just close enough to, like, show the Marauders, like, he was alone. Yeah. I'm, like, open free prey. And, again, I don't want this to come across as victim on honestly, but it seems as though Lily can, like, see
1: through that with some of the things that she talks about and she sees. Um, like, why is he so obsessed with them? Yeah, and it's not like like it certainly is lopsided and like the Marauders like gang up on him and stuff, but like yeah, it's not a one way antagonization.
0: Yeah, I mean the reason like one of the reasons why Lily steps in is because like Snape then like again they started it, yeah. but like Snape then also like casts yeah magic against them when it happens. Like he almost kind of like likes it. Yeah. I like I, I don't want to go far I guess I don't really want to go as far as saying that but like it kind of seems as though he likes whatever is happening between him, the Marauders in some way like he continues to follow them he continues to dig around in Lupin's like whatever that is yeah um, he's just like obsessed with them as well and again I, brought, I bring this up because like it seems as though Lily sees that and is kind of like yeah they're a dick but like you're kind of also being a dick you know um then so we don't see any other memories from this memory the next memory that we see is Snape coming to Dumbledore saying like he's coming after the Potters so we don't know what their last two years at Hogwarts were like but I can imagine that it went something like Snape always trying to beg Lily for forgiveness and Lily shutting him down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I would like to think that Snape gave up at some point, but I just don't really believe that in my heart parts hearts. Yeah. Um, and again, like I talked about, and everybody should know by now, Lily obviously goes on to start dating James in their seventh year and then get married pretty quickly after. Um. And hopefully after Hogwarts, it doesn't seem as though they had any Contacting. interactions. Um, Snape was kind of like caught up in running with the <laughs> Caught up in being uh, a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think like he kind of threw himself into that. If I had to guess, like he has nobody else. I think he probably kind of just like went all in. Yeah on the Death Eaters, um, because he had really nowhere else to go and nothing to do, and nobody else, nobody who liked him, nobody else who liked him, I guess, um, but we do know that Snape never stopped quote-unquote loving her, um, every, as soon as he found out that Voldemort was going after the Potters, that, that, and that alone is what made him switch sides, because of his, again, quote-unquote love for Lily, everything he did for the rest of his life was
1: for that, love and uh, let me just I will point this out again later but it was him finding out that Voldemort was going after Lily or him thinking that Voldemort was going after Lily he didn't care that it was the Potters he didn't care that it was Harry no it was Lily he didn't care about James or Lily's son at all
0: I mean there's even in that
1: memory Snape is like you have
0: to protect her and Dumbledore is like so you're fine with her husband and child dying, and Staph's like, oh, fine. Like, protect them too, I guess. It's like, okay. He's like, if you
1: must. <laughs>
0: I mean, they're gonna be living together, so, like, it just makes
1: sense, I guess.
0: Um, Steve's ideal scenario
1: so. was Dumbledore being like, you're right. I will separate Lily from James and Harry, and she'll actually come live with you for protection. Yeah. yeah. That's what he was going for. Like, it sounds good. Like, wife swap. <laughs> uh so
0: i do want to have i want this to be a little bit succinct because i i don't want us to get off the rails but i wanted to talk about love versus obsession and obviously i think it's pretty clear that audrey and i are both on the upset on team obsession (laughs) not team love so just a few quick points this is not exhaustive these are just the things i came up super quickly when i was typing away earlier today um And so, I think one of the biggest things is that, like, he feels a claim over her. Like, he is, like... You know, like, when America went to the moon and they, like, (laughs) stick their flag on the moon? They're, like, America owns the moon. That's basically what Snape did. He's, like, I found her. She's mine.
1: (laughs) It's, like, Snape never... Like, pardon my French. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) they never had sex but snape like snape like took her like wizarding world virginity and so he's like (laughs) she is mine within the wizarding world like no other witch or wizard gets to like claim to her yeah that's i mean that's like like, i feels like
0: he like claims founders right yes he's like finders keepers <laughs> is this not how this works um, and again i point you to the let me scene i think that like pretty clearly illustrates that like he feels a ownership of her yeah. um the matching patronuses i think is kind of like my classic example at least for me when people are soulmates they don't have matching patronuses they have complementary patronuses such as the doe and stag or as the terrier and otter Mm. as like is pretty like widely talked about in the fandom and Tonks's is kind of like we don't really know because it just like looks like a large black or a large dog we're not clear whether it's a werewolf, but that was temporary, and maybe she was obsessed with him at that time because well, she was, like, trying to get him back.
1: And I'll point out, like, that's not Lupin's Patronus. That, right? yeah, that is true oh. as well, yeah.
0: Well, is it a dog, though? It's not a werewolf, I know that. But is it a
1: dog? So is it actually matching? Um... Do we know the Oh, I no, it's yeah. just... Mm. isn't it he casts non corporeal yeah yeah he only casts non on corporeal because I think I'm so because guess it, we don't like, know. maybe would be a wolf but he doesn't like to see yeah. it but I think that that is an extenuating circumstance and honestly I actually think... you could use that as evidence for not yeah, against Tonks not the exact L- same dog <laughs> not against <laughs> Tonks and Remus's Lupin I can't I couldn't think of name. <laughs> not against Tonks and Lupin relationship but you could use it as evidence of the obsession thing because actually like we know that they did not have a healthy relationship at that time yeah like she he was telling her that he couldn't be with her and she was obsessing over and she was trying to convince him and that's the time period that her patronus took that form yeah i i
0: i buy that um so I think that's, like, one of the classic examples because Snape it has a doe, which is what Lily says, exactly. Jacked And then lastly, again, kind of just the quick notes. Like, again, like we talked about, like, when you love somebody, you tend to, like, also love the people that they love or at least care about the people that they love. We see multiple instances with Petunia at the beginning and then with James and Harry later on that he gives zero fucks about the people that Lily loves and cares about. Like, you know, there's, like, always that classic, right? Like, sometimes when Rom comes and they're, like, they don't actually end up together because they realize that they're like better off apart, and they're like, "But I like want you to find love, and like I'll be happy for you <laughs> when that
1: happens." Like Snape yeah. does not feel like that. I also yeah, and also like I mean, there's the Petunia example, but there's other like non-romantic examples with. I think like there, like there are times when Lily is like, "Do you know what your friends did to my friends? Like, do you know what yeah, and like, do you know what you and your friends call people like me? Like, it it is anyone associated with her, like." he just doesn't care about, and so that is, like, her other friends in Gryffindor or Hogwarts, whatever house they're in, like, he doesn't care that, it seems like bad things are being done to them, and he actually doesn't care.
0: He only cares about Lily, like, that is the only person in the entire world he seems to care for at all. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. We'll talk about maybe somebody else later. (laughs) Um, but so again, those are kind of just my quick, like, spark notes version of why I believe that it's obsession and not love. Yeah. So yeah, that is the messy relationship that is Severus, Sev, and Lil. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I have nothing to add. Um, I think I added a lot through him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just really, I didn't touch on the fact that, like, he took the, like, love
0: Lily portion of the letter, because we, like, briefly oh, touched okay. on that in the first episode as well, and I don't think that that, like, really brings anything, like, new to the table, like, it just
1: reinforces well, other points yeah. that I've already made, And basically. And taking, like, ripping apart one of their only family photos, and taking yeah. the part that she is in, like, that, I mean that just shows like he only wanted her. Like and he yeah. thought that he had ownership over that, even though like that was one of the only photos that Harry could have seen of him and his parents together. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna talk a bit about him like as a teacher. Is he a good teacher? Is he not? His relationships with students even though like they're like it's non existent. <laughs> so First of all, we know that, like, he was forced into teaching by Dumbledore. Dumbledore basically said, if you want me to protect Lily Potter, I, like, you need to become a double agent and you need to work at Hogwarts so I can, like... Okay,
0: I will, so I, if you can't tell, i re-listened to the Snape's memories part of this. Specifically, the wording is, like, Dumbledore says, what will you give me in return? Yeah. And Snape says... Anything. Okay. Anything. So, just say like, I that doesn't like take yeah. away from this point no, at no. all. Just saying, like, Snape was willing to do anything.
1: Yeah. Po- pre- presumably. Yeah. That, and I guess maybe you know that's one point in his favor. <laughs> um. But yeah, like Dumbledore's side of the deal is like, you're gonna be my double agent and. Like, in order for that to work, um, I want you to teach. I think Dumbledore wanted to be able to keep an eye on him. I don't know about, like, not trusting. I don't think it necessarily was because he didn't trust him. Because I actually think Dumbledore, like, recognized the obsession that Snape had for Lily and knew its power. Like, you can't deny its power, right? And, like, good things came from that obsession. Um, But I think Dumbledore just, like, I think he wanted to have him closed. I think he wanted to, like, I think he... He wanted to make sure that Snape didn't slip more for, so for, like, Snape's protection. Like, he wanted to have mm. keep Snape away from the other Death Eaters and stuff. So, um, he was forced into teaching. He never was like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a teacher. Like, I'm going to go apply to work at Hogwarts. Um, and based on what we know from his personality, like, in his teenage years, which is with, with, like, Harry's generation, when we see them starting to think about what they want to do with their lives, like, that didn't, that doesn't seem like anyone would have ever suggested teaching to him. Like, he was very, a uh, much of a loner type, reclusive, like, didn't really want to talk to other people, and we think about teachers as being naturally extroverted, because, like, your whole day is interacting with people. Um... So, yeah, he didn't have a natural inclination (laughs) towards teaching is what I'm trying to say. Um, he was an incredibly smart and knowledgeable wizard and person specifically about potions and the subject that he taught for so many years. I mean, he literally, like, rewrote the book on the subject because the book on the subject was, like, worse than what he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And he actually, like, gave this knowledge to the kids that he taught. Like, he just taught things his way. He didn't rely on what the textbook said. A lot of the times, bad teachers are teachers who just teach straight out of the textbook. Like, that is... The way that Slughorn is a bad teacher is not the way that Snape is a bad teacher. Like, Slughorn's not a great teacher because, like, he... It doesn't seem like he's really anywhere near as good at, po- as, at potions as Snape is. And he just, like has them read the book. Like, that's not a good teacher anyway. Either way. Um, However, it would have been useful for Snape to actually explain to his students why maybe he thought that they should crush the ingredients with the side of the knife, or you know. um, He has so much potential. He has so much knowledge to give, and all he did, the only way to convey that knowledge and pass on that knowledge was that he just wrote it up on the chalkboard and expected them to follow step by step and I don't really understand how this works as a teaching method because the only way that you then call back to that past like your exams or like you become a proficient potioner is that you just like memorized every single recipe quote-unquote recipe that he gave you and so he didn't say he didn't teach them skills to know that like oh these kinds of ingredients it's helpful to prepare them these ways and with this kind of potion it's best to like incubate for this amount of time you know like he didn't give them the knowledge to then recapitulate these potions he just gave them the knowledge to make them one time while they're reading his instructions from the board. And the only way that is useful is if they, like, wrote everything down and then, like, 20 years down the road, they're like, oh, you know what, I want to make a pepper-up potion. Let me go back in my notes from fifth grade (laughs) (laughs) and figure out how to do that based on, like, what Snape says and not what Google says. Like... (laughs) Yeah. um, So that, like, is not just a... That is not how you're supposed to, like, convey knowledge to people. Like, that is not teaching. That's just, like, telling people what to do. And that is, like, that is something that I kind of have a problem with because I I think a lot of people, um, they excuse a lot of his behaviors as a teacher because they talk about how proficient and how smart he is. And I think that it's important to recognize that, like, just being smart doesn't make you a good teacher, Oh, no. Like, there are, like, so many qualities that are more important than intelligence in being a teacher. Um, so, we also know that he had an extreme Slytherin bias and just generally, like, anti-Gryffindor. We don't really see how he treats, like, Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws because, naturally, like, the plot of the book, we always get Gryffindors and Slytherins together in potions class. Um, but... It was it was both ways in that he preferentially treated the Slytherins and he, like, preferentially mistreated the Gryffindors. Um, and this is harmful to all students. Like, I want to highlight that, too. I don't want this to come across as I'm saying this is a problem just because, like, oh, the trio got worse grades than they should have got and, like, he was mean to Harry. Like, he took away points because of this. Like because he just gave all the Slytherin students good grades, I don't think that they ever really learned from him either. Like, Malfoy gets... Like, yeah, he passes his OWL, but, like, Malfoy likes potions and likes Snape as a teacher just because he's getting points from him and he gets to watch him bully Harry and he's getting good grades and he doesn't even have to try. And, like, that is bad, too. Like extreme bias towards a student is, is, I don't know if it's as bad, but it is also bad in including yeah. extreme bias against a student. Yeah. Um, and so then the other, like, instances we see with teaching are, like, Occlumency lessons and Defense Against the Dark Arts. And Occlumency lessons, obviously there's, like, a whole host of re- reasons why those went poorly, and Harry is partially to blame for some of that, but, um, I was, like, reading a lot of Reddit threads, a lot of core threads on, like, Snape as a teacher, and people pointed out that, like, Snape never really gave Harry any instruction, like, he was like, clear your mind, like, why aren't you doing it? Like, the Dark Lord will be able to read your thoughts. He didn't, like, and I don't know if that's just, like, the nature of Occlumency, but, like, he didn't... It seems like he never gave Harry a chance. No. Um, and this is kind of similar to his teaching method of Defense Against the Dark Arts in Hufflepuff Prince. He literally is just like what we see of his teaching is just like do nonverbal spells, and it and clearly everyone is struggling because everyone's just like murmuring and like trying to cover up the fact that they're saying the spells, and. Then, like, I think halfway through the lesson, he casts a nonverbal spell to be like, "Look, I can do it. This is how you do it." But obviously, it's not something that you just like watch and know how to do. Like, yeah. if Harry could do nonverbal spells, he would have been a better teacher of it than Snape. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we venture into the uh, terrible things he did to students category here. Um, he. Taunted Harry constantly, and this is not by not at all an exhaustive list because, like, I would have had to go through every potions lesson. In I feel like I read book. the books. <laughs> yeah, um, but just generally, like, he was always like kind of jeering at Harry, taunting him. He literally, like, in front of a class of students, to a eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old boy, made fun of his father and like jeered at him about his father who's literally dead. Like, Harry's an orphan. He has barely any memories of his father. And you are in front of all of his peers saying terrible things about his father. How is Harry... One, how is Harry even supposed to know to like how to defend his father? Because he doesn't know him as a person. Like, you are tainting the memory that he has of him and the impression that he has of him without, like, Harry can't go home to his dad and be like, oh, are you really, like, were you arrogant? Like there's no like repairing that sort of image that you paint of of a kid's dead parent you know like snape has more control over how harry sees james than james does yeah um and then like I well i
0: will point out like not only is james like harry's father like he is like well known within the wizard world as being like a hero yeah yeah as well so like that also kind of adds another layer into him, like, actively trying to, like, at him. It's like, alright, he, like, died saving the rest of the wizarding world, yeah. but go off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for
1: a war that you were fighting on the other side of, you know? Yeah. Like, stuff with the first wizarding war, like, I don't know, Snape, like, Snape was barely on the good side of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also just, like, as a, more so, like, on the as a teacher part to Harry, uh, like, setting aside all of the, like, bullying and stuff. Like, he would just, like, give him zeros because his work was, like, less than average. He would erase his work for no reason. Like, he, there were so many times that he never gave Harry a chance. And that is, like, (laughs) that is just, like, not being a teacher like he was actively like hindering harry's education it wasn't even like he just w- was deciding not to teach him he was like actively making harry's education worse in those instances.
0: no like what he did is like if a teacher was grading a test and they're like oh you got the first question wrong zero yeah like there are a couple times he's like sorry that potion is 100 percent correct so then he just like gets rid of it all and it's like alright, like, I would've gotten, like, an 80 or whatever, like, you made me get a zero. Right, like, and
1: it's invalidating, like, any, like, you know how, like, I don't know, teachers always say, like, if you try, like, if you put your name on it, mm-hmm. you'll get a 50, you know? Like, ha- yeah. like Harry, he invalidated, like, he, he invalidated, like, the hard work that Harry put into it, and the time that Harry yeah. put into it. And it, like, honestly made it so that, like, it would've been just as beneficial for Harry to just not go to class. Yeah. Um, with Hermione, we have the teeth teeth incident, which uh, I know Katie talked about last episode. It's, like, one of her least favorite things ever. Um, But, like, he literally bullied a teen... He was 30-something years old, and he bullied a teenage girl for her appearance. While she, like, after she had been jinxed. Like, while she was having, like, a medical condition happen to her.
0: And she was already crying about said, like, insecurity, yeah. medical condition appearance. Yeah.
1: Um, and he also called her an insufferable no all Like, he took the one person, the one student in his class that, like, wanted to learn and wanted to, like, share the knowledge that they had, and he demoralized her. Um, and that's, like, really fucked up. Um, And then, of course, we have all the tormenting of Neville, um, including the poisoning of Trevor, or attempted poisoning. Red, poisoning, yeah. Um, And I just want to remind you, like, he was Neville's greatest fear, and this is a boy, this is a 13-year-old boy, whose parents were literally tortured into insanity. Like, Neville is not, like he's not, like, the most sheltered, privileged baby that, like, he hasn't, he doesn't have anything else to be his greatest fear. Yeah. Like, he has seen some shit, and his greatest fear was his teacher, that he had to see every day, because I, I would assume that they see Snape every day, even if... like they don't take class with him every day but like right and like live in the school where this teacher lived and neville had to face that for i mean at least for three years snape was his greatest fear probably more than that probably like until order of the phoenix yeah
0: um
1: just like let that sink in like greatest fear like, think about the other things that characters have as like, bogarts. Like, Molly Weasley's ballgarts is seeing everyone she cares about dead.
0: Well, it's, like, not even like that. It's, like, some of the kids' buggers are, like, snakes and spiders. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, it yeah. could
0: be something like that, too. Like, it's not even, like, it has to be this great, like, a emotional punch to, like, whatever. But he, like, I don't know. But, like, I feel like that is so, like, whose greatest fear is their teacher, right? Yeah. I feel like, if anything, it would be, like, for a 13-year-old, like, a snake, a spider, a scorpion, a yeah. shark. Yeah. yeah, you make it your point. Like, heights. Um, I don't know. That's just, like,
1: yeah. It's sad. And the
0: fact that everybody laughs at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then uh, shifting gears again. Um, another aspect of him being a teacher is that a lot of people point to the fact that Harry learned so much from the Half-Blood Prince in that textbook and they point to that and they say look at how much knowledge Snape had to give Harry was made a better potion maker like when not from like from Snape rather than from Slughorn all these things And someone on Reddit, I think, put it really, really, really well. Um, Their name, this was like seven years ago, they posted it. Their name was Caecilius in Horto? I don't know. And they said, I would argue that the fact that Snape's teaching was only useful to Harry when Snape was not the one giving that teaching is evidence that Severus Snape is, in fact, a very poor teacher as his presence clearly makes his students perform worse than they otherwise would. It wasn't anything about Harry's natural predisposition towards or uh, affinity towards potion making. It was literally, he was getting the same information either from a book or from a chalkboard with Snape standing over him and he did better when he was reading it from the book and Snape was not there. Because Snape yeah. wasn't adding anything. He wasn't explaining anything further. His presence wasn't beneficial at all. His presence was harmful because he jeered at Harry and taunted him and erased his work. So literally his presence, they said, his presence makes students perform worse than they otherwise would. That is the opposite of a good teacher. Yeah. Um, anyway, coming to my concluding remarks Uh, Mm -hmm. just like overall i think snape is a really good example of like even if you are extremely smart that doesn't make you a a good teacher and there are so many other things that snape is the complete opposite of or his traits are the complete opposite of the traits of good teachers like he like good teachers provide the best environment for their students to learn they make them feel safe supported confident snape did not do that for Any of his students, I would argue, because I think even the ones that he was favoring, he was not um, providing the best environment for them to learn. Good teachers don't show bias, they and they do grade fairly. We never see him do that. They don't bully their students. We see him bully students every class we see with him. And they explain why things should be done one way, and they actually talk to their students about the work, and they don't just write something on the board and pace around. That is, like, just... I think writing something up on the board is the equivalent of making somebody read out of a book, and that's what people always complain about with Umbridge. Yeah. So. Yeah, obviously, like, <laughs> I don't really see any argument for Snape being a good teacher, and. No. Yeah. That's no. That's no. That. That's the tea. <laughs>
0: Um, so next, I don't have as much to talk about as my previous section, but I'm going to talk about his relationship with Dumbledore because so much of this happens like quote unquote like off screen. Yeah, it's like we see, like, okay, we see Snape and Dumbledore interact like a fair bit, I guess, throughout the series, but with like out the context that we like don't have at that time, it's kind of like doesn't it make it, it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't lend any insight really yeah um so I again I just don't have as much to say but Dumbledore was the headmaster at school at Hogwarts while Snape was there but there's like no indication that they ever had any like relationship any run-ins any yeah like I don't know like I'm sure I I know for sure Dumbledore was like aware of Snape like I'm sure he watched very closely the Slytherins in particular the people who kind of like Ran with the Death Eater crowd. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if, like, Snape ever really did something, like, outwardly enough to have been, like, caught and brought to the Headmaster's office. I think Dumbledore was just kind of, like, aware of him. Um, and the first real interaction that we know of and see between the two of them is the first time Snape comes to meet Dumbledore after the prophecy, pleading with him and saying that they're going after the Potters. Like, he's chosen the Potters as the... as He's chosen Harry as the child. Okay um Dumbledore was like actually kind of funny in this interaction like he kind of like baits Snape into like like how I mentioned earlier when Dumbledore's like so you're fine with her like her husband and son dying he kind of like baits him into these situations like is very skeptical and like really quite taunting of Snape Mm. throughout this interaction and even the next one um that we see and I think that from there, like, we do know that Dumbledore has, like, a very strong, rigid trust in Snape, like, throughout this series at least. Mm. I don't know when that, like, became solidified. Like, I don't know if it was, like, the day after this. He was like, all right, I'm all in. Or if it did take some time. I would like to think it took some time. Um, maybe it was, like, seeing Snape react to, like, Lily's death. It was like, oh shit, like, he was. He was like for real about this, um, but I don't know. But so then the next interaction we see is Snape and Dumbledore talking after the massacre at the Potter house, and this is where we see like a little bit of Dumbledore's manipulation come out. Mm. Um, he, so like Snape is crying. He's like, "She's dead." <laughs> Dumbledore's like, "The, <laughs> you know, no big deal." <laughs> Dumbledore is like, Well, the boy lives. And he's like, Why do I care about the boy at all? And Dumbledore's like, Well, he's Lily's son. And like, when that doesn't work, he's like, You know, he has her eyes. Like, you remember her eyes, don't you, Snape? <laughs> and so we see so manipulative. We see a little bit of the classic Dumbledore manipulation come out there. Um, and like, when he says that, name kind of like quiets and is like, All right, I'm listening. <laughs> me more <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is when he kind of like turns it around into like well like you can, you can do right by her like if you loved her so much then you need to do everything you can to like protect her son like turn that love for her into something productive mm-hmm. um, and Snape's like what do you mean like the Voldemort's dead like what danger is he in now yeah. anyways so just like we both know he ain't gone for good so this is kind of where like snape was kind of like working for both sides before but this is where we see like the iteration of him working for both sides from here on out before this it was to help protect lily after this is helped to help protect harry yeah. it's in a different way um and so then this is also the interaction where we hear snape make dumbledore promise that he will never tell anyone and it's like kind of unclear in the scene like what he means like he he means don't tell anybody i was in love with lily but does he also mean like don't tell anybody i'm actually on the good side does he really mean like don't tell anybody yet, i'm actually like here to protect harry yeah i was kind it of interpreted like kind of unclear. Night. Yeah, I think it's the Harry and the Lily thing. Because, like, yeah, obviously, obviously. Words, like he's on our side. But he never has anything to, like, back that up because Snape made him promise to never say, like, why yeah. he's on the good Do side. Do
1: you think that, like, <laughs> like Snape, uh, okay, uh, when Snape died, like, he gave Harry these memories. He obviously wanted Harry to know more than he just, like, he didn't. Just need Harry to know. Dumbledore's orders were to tell him that he, like, had to die. Yeah. Uh, He could have just passed along, like, that memory and those relevant to it. But he, obviously, he gave his whole... He gave Harry the whole story of his his own whole story. Yeah. Do you think that Snape intended for Harry to tell the whole wizarding world that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) hours later? Like... Snape clearly no. didn't want people to know, and it wasn't just like "don't tell people" because then, like, they'll they're gonna come kill me because they're gonna find out I'm on the other side. Yeah, like, it's like he was ashamed.
0: Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know. Like, ashamed probably isn't the right word because I don't think he's ashamed of his love for Lily. I think it's more like ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he like he doesn't need everybody to know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Snape. Even regardless, like if if Lily were not his love and he would like take away this parts from his character, uh, if he was just like in love with an ordinary person, like he's not a shout-out from the rooftops kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. But um I just think it's kind of ironic that like Harry, like, within hours of knowing this, like tells like
0: like was, literally like, everything. Um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's like, well, Voldemort, you're wrong because Snape was actually working for the
0: good side the whole time because he had the hots for my mom. Take that, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: like Harry could have just been like, Snape was a good dude and like, you all need to respect him and like yeah. he was working against you, Voldemort. He didn't have to be like, he was in love with my mom for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, I do want to ta- uh, retract what I said earlier. I'm talking about the point that like Dumbledore fully trusted him I think it's this point. I think it's this right here. Dumbledore's like, Do you mean to tell me you don't want me to ever like tell the best of you? Like you never want the world to know like how good of a guy you are, quote unquote. And Safe's like, no. I think that to Dumbledore
1: I was like, okay. Like, alright, sounds good. Like We're on. I think that, yeah, I think that it was then that Dumbledore maybe realized the power of whatever Lily's hold over Snape was. and And I think at that point he was like, this man is all, like, he is always going to be on my side from here on out. Like, and that's why... Dumbledore. we hear Dumbledore say time and time again he says it in the trials with the death he says yeah he says it to the order he says it to Harry like I trust Severus Snape with my life Severus Snape Mm I I like Severus Snape is on our side and I know that a hundred percent like Dumbledore is so strong in his conviction of that and I think there has to be some turning point and like yeah maybe this is that yeah so
0: then the next couple memories, it's, like, we see one with, like, after the first day of school, and Snape's, like, arrogant, like, attention-seeking, just like his father, and Dumbledore's, like, all right, calm down,
1: like, I think he's a great He's, guy. like, every <laughs> other teacher has told me that he's quite humble,
0: like... Yeah, and he's, like, and in my opinion, he's a very intriguing, smart young man. <laughs> <laughs> um but i do think what's worth noting with the next couple interactions is that dumbledore i totally forgot about this dumbledore does not tell snape about horcruxes even until like the he last no he
1: second. never tells him about horcruxes i brought this well, up last, think, last episode he never tells him about horcruxes yeah but he like i think that snape probably figured it out
0: I I do um, I, I like I don't think Snape figured out that like that's what they were hunting, but I think he figured out that Harry was a Horcrux at least. Oh oh yeah okay. I like again I don't think Snape like knew about all of the other ones and that's what they were like yeah. hunting and looking for this whole time. But like I think that at least at the end like he knew that Harry was a Horcrux. Yeah okay
1: yes I mean I think with the, especially with the way that Dumbledore explains like he needs to die I think Snape can put that yeah. together. I don't think. Snape knew the extent of Voldemort's references no. and all of that. Like, Harry was the only one that doubled or passed that information, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, even we see a scene, and I I think it must be Half Blood Prince. Oh, yeah, because it's the win. Yeah, either
1: So, I, it must be Half Blood Prince because Snape is like, what are you, like, what do you even and Harry talk about? Yeah, the it's a time, memory. All the time. You see it in Deathly Hallows, but is it? Is yeah, a yeah, memory? but it tastes, yeah, yeah. takes place. that place in Half Blood where Snape actually gets mad at Dumbledore for, like, not telling him what he's teaching Yeah,
0: he's, like, you want me to kill you, but you still won't tell me the whole story. And Dumbledore's, like, yeah. And Snape's, like, all right, I guess that's how it is. Snape's, like, I'm your bitch, Um, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then there's also the, like, infamous scene, I guess, when, like, Dumbledore's, like, after all this time. Oh, oh, (laughs) because <laughs> um, Dumbledore is kind of like again I, Dumbledore's relationship with Snape is like kind of taunting like almost every interaction we see of him uh, between the two of them Dumbledore is like basically poking and prodding Snape he's like you're telling me after all these years like you haven't even come to care for the boy uh, yeah he, he, he asks a lot of leading questions <laughs> Yeah, yeah for sure And then, obviously, we talked a lot about this in our first episode, so I don't want to get too much into it, but there is when Dumbledore, like, asked Snape to kill him, and Snape, with pain and anguish and anger, he does do it. Yeah. We kind of, to, like, backtrack a little bit, we kind of touched on this, but I just want to explicitly say I think that the reason again I'll talk like I talked about like this is the point when when Dumbledore really trusted Snape but I think like the reason is because Dumbledore is like the foremost expert on love magic on the power of love right and I think that yes we classify it as obsession but I do think like obsession is like a form of love it's like an offshoot branch yeah Um, and so like Dumbledore more than anyone knows like what love can compel you to do if we in turn like kind of place that onto Dumbledore like he knows what love made him do yeah. um with Grindelwald and kind of that whole instance like granted Dumbledore was able to like come out of it and move forward but he sees in Snape that he will not be able to move forward with his life and will be stuck at this point point. and so I think that that is a lot of the reason why like Snape so wholeheartedly like
1: trusts or sorry, Dumbledore so hard, so wholeheartedly trusts Snape. Uh yeah, I think you're right. That's a good analysis. Um, and so I do also want to
0: say that like over the years, it is. Presumed and kind of shown to us in the memories, at least, and then obviously with like Snape being very upset with killing Dumbledore and not wanting to, they did seem to go close over the years. And like Dumbledore always kept his promise to Snape. Dumbledore never told anybody about yeah. why um, Snape is on the good side. Like no matter how many times people ask, and like people ask Harry all the time. time. <laughs> Harry asked all the time. Um, And I will say, like, I do think Snape did a lot of the heavy lifting and the keeping promises department. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Dumbledore basically just kept that one, whereas, like, Snape kept, like, Dumbledore's hand, killing Dumbledore. Um, The, like, how he was, like, then Dumbledore then put onto Snape, like, we're raising Harry as a pick for slaughter. Like, Snape then in turn kept that secret the whole time. Dumbledore unloaded a lot on Snape. Yeah, and like Snape was Snape's job was to kind of like shut up and do it a lot of the time, and
1: he did. I'll I'll say, like he did. Um, Do you think that Snape loved Dumbledore? Like, obviously not romantic. I,
0: I, well, you never know. (laughs) Um, I think that it's probably. I don't know if love. I think maybe. Do you, I think that Dumbledore is the only person in the world, living world,
1: that Snape cared for at all. Do you think that the feelings that Snape has for Dumbledore are a closer, more accurate representation of love of any kind than the feelings that he had for Lily? That he thought yeah, were I, I think so. Because like, he cared more about... At the end about, of the day, he killed Dumbledore. And, and he cared more about... Dumbledore's uh the things that Dumbledore cared about Dumbledore wanted the good side to succeed Dumbledore wanted Harry to succeed and so like even though it pained him a lot like Snape wanted Harry to succeed and I think that's because of what Dumbledore wanted and not because what Snape is imagining Lily would have wanted
0: oh yeah I think so I think like like I mentioned I think the the, like, winning point is that Snape killed Dumbledore because that's what he wanted, and he would have never killed Lily. Yeah.
1: And I know that's, like,
0: kind of a weird thing to say because it's, like, I can't imagine killing somebody I love, but, like, if Dumbledore, like, explained to him, like, that's what must be done, and he cared enough about Dumbledore's wants and
1: needs. And respected respected Dumbledore's choices, choices, which he never did for Lily. yeah. Yeah, I think that, I actually think that the relationship with Dumbledore is, like, the thing about Snape that is, like, the most forgiving. Like, yeah. it, I think it is his greatest, like, character trait. I mean, I, I think it showcases his greatest character trait. I, I will say that, like, I think in this episode we've been pretty harsh on Snape. Um, rightfully so, I think. But in our previous episode, we, we were quite forgiving of him. And we talked a lot yeah. about... His bravery and his, like, good attributes. And I think that, like, Dumbledore brought those out. And those are evident in his relationship with Dumbledore. And they are severely missing in his relationships with a lot of other people. Yeah. Okay. Next. Yeah. So, uh... This, like, last section I have is just good guy slash bad guy debate. Um, and I was originally kind of, kind of, like, I don't know, like, not make it my section and just, like, talk about it between the two of us, but I had already given you two, two sections, so I wrote a lot of notes. You can lead the discussion. Yeah. How about that? I wrote a lot of notes, but, uh, I think we're pretty much, like, in agreement, but, you know, jump in whenever. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, just like, in general, like, arguments people kind of make, like, in his favor, I guess. Um, they talk about how he fought for the good side, and he served to Dumbledore for all these years, and he saved Harry's life on multiple occasions. And those, I am not denying. I, I say, you are right. Those are all true things. However, that does not make him a good guy. Um, yeah. They say that he loved Lily, and I think that Katie did a really good job breaking that down, and whether or not that was really love, or obsession, and whether or not that was being a good person. (laughs) Um, And they say, like, it's not really, like, in his favor of being, like, Snape's a good guy because... But they, like, say, Snape... We can forgive Snape being a bad guy because... He was bullied by the Marauders, and he had an abusive childhood, and we can point at all these reasons that we know about from his past of why he is the way he is. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go through some of those, go through those reasons and, like, give my rebuttals. So, Snape only fought for the good side because he was personally affected by one person. One person that Lord Voldemort killed. And on top of that, Dumbledore used that as leverage. So, first of all, the first part of that sentence, think about all of the people that Voldemort killed, that their deaths did nothing to make Snape want to leave that side. We don't even, like, Snape also may have killed people. We don't know, that's highly speculation, but certainly the people he associated with killed people um and potentially he did as well and he didn't care about the lives of any of those other people and li- all of those people leading up to lily's death it did not affect his conviction or his even even if it was a meager like conviction to stay on the death eater side like it did not change that he was a death eater he like 100% was a death eater until it was like, oh, this one person might die. Um, he did not even care that Lord Voldemort wanted to kill Lily's husband and son, which we've talked about so many times. But, like, how can I not repeat that? Like, he didn't even care. It wouldn't have even changed his allegiance if Voldemort had just killed Harry, had just killed James.
0: If, like, if we had, if the, like,
1: uh, dream scenario
0: for Snape would have happened and, like, he was able to, like, protect Lily separately.
1: Like, Lily stepped, or, like, Lily stepped aside, even. Yeah. If Voldemort had chose to target the Longbottoms, Snape would have just continued going about his life as a Death Eater. Right? Like, nothing would have changed for him. No. These are my pieces of evidence to say that, like, you can be on the good side and not be a good guy. Like, if the reasons for you being on the good side are not because you think that the people who are torturing people and killing people and promoting racism and all of these terrible things, if, if the reason you don't like the bad side is not because of all those things and just because of one personal way that you are affected... You're not a good guy. Like, no. you're just aligned with the right people. But your reasons are That's like are when wrong. people say, like, I have a black friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, okay.
1: <laughs> so even while fighting for the good side, you can be a bad person and do individual things that make you a bad person. So Snape being on the end-of-the-day right side of the war does not negate all of the things that he did. It doesn't wipe out every bad thing he ever did. Yes, he was incredibly brave to work as a double agent. I believe I said in the last episode that Snape showed the greatest acts of courage in the whole series. I think right up there with, like, Harry going to die in the Forbidden Forest, those are the bravest things we ever see done. And, like, I am fully willing to admit that. Snape is a very brave man. I do not think he is a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah brave doesn't equal good being on the right side of a war does not equal good there we know the reasons why he was on the right side and they quite frankly they aren't enough to convince me of anything yeah Um. okay so second point
0: okay yeah. wait, I would yeah. like to Please. do a thought
1: experiment okay. so
0: let's say everything up to the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone happens exactly the same way. But let's say, like, Snape is a great guy and is, like, nice to Harry and isn't a bad... isn't a bully to other students. How would that
1: change our perspective on him? I think that I would probably see him... As more of a good person. Because here's the thing. I don't know if I would see him as fully a good person. Because I think, like, a good person would have, like, the line would have been drawn a lot sooner than when Snape drew the line for in the mm-hmm. first Wizarding War. So I'm not yeah. fully saying he's a good guy. But I think that the the problem with him being on the, quote, right side of things, is that people use it as a blanket defense for every bad thing he's done. And the majority, yeah. of, we know that he did bad things as a Death Eater, but the majority of the bad things that we see him do, obviously, occur from Sorcerer's Stone on.
0: Yeah.
1: And it kind of shows that, like, even though he's fighting on the right side of things, he doesn't really believe that, like maybe he does believe that Hermione is inferior because she's a muggle-born. Like it seems like those sorts of things haven't sunk in and also he's not like reformed in any way. His time yeah. away from the Death Eaters has not reformed him. He's still behaving yeah. poorly. And so I think that's just like further evidence that he hasn't he hasn't changed from the person that chose to sign up for the Death Eaters. Like the The great Lily love and death did not change him. It just, like, put him on the other side but didn't change him as a person. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, like, let's say that scenario occurs. Like, I think that shows grow. Yeah. And I think one thing that Snape in canon does not show is said grow. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, we, we I mean, readers, characters with a good redemption arc, almost, like, almost nothing better than that, right? Like, we, right. as consumers, love that. Love that storyline. Everybody roots for an underdog, you know? It's kind of the same thing. But with Snape, is like, he doesn't show us that growth, and so that's why he's not a true, like,
1: a good character reform, a good character arc. In my opinion... Yeah, I think Snape is an incredibly complicated character to read, but I think he does not have a redemption arc, because a redemption arc is like, over time, that character is changing, and the only thing about Snape, and the great reveal about Snape, is that Snape has been the same. Snape has been the same since 1981, and... It uh, maybe sometimes appears to be an arc to us because we don't know. We see him as one yeah. way for so long, and then we find out that he was actually this other way. But he was actually yeah. that other way the whole time that we knew yeah. It's no arc. It's just a straight line. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, I, I don't want that to come across as that like Snape isn't a, greatly, isn't a great character isn't written well because i do believe he is i just don't yeah. think he's that yeah. character that i was talking about that has a good yeah character and i arc, think character girl. i think
1: your thought experiment i think that's a really good question and i'm not entirely sure where i stand on it because honestly you heard me talk about him as a teacher and i detailed the bullying and that kind of stuff and and That's some of the worst stuff we see him do. Those are the things that reveal to me that he is not a good person. And so I think that I would be much more inclined to believe that he was a good person. And maybe occasionally he's putting on a show where, you know, he doesn't, like, favor Harry in any way. I'm not asking him to favor. Like, people say, like, oh, it's all part of the act, so he doesn't, isn't revealed... That it, it, he really is on the Dumbledore side. We can't have the Death Eaters finding out his true yeah. allegiance. But I just think that he didn't have to go as far as he did in every situation. And I yeah, think he that he had... got... He enjoyed going that far, and I think that's why oh, he yeah. was a bad person. Like, I think that really shows him being a bad person and him not actually caring about the side of the war that he was fighting on and just caring about the fact that it affected him personally. And that's why he chose yeah, and that Yeah, I mean, side. like... And him bullying
0: Neville and Hermione are like is like a clear yeah. He could have just ignored like, them. There was
1: no need. There was no need. If he had just ignored them, Draco Malfoy wouldn't have gone home to his dad. Yeah. And been like you know what? Snape has been ignoring this really annoying Mudblood in my class. I think that yeah. he's actually on Dumbledore's side of this war. Like yeah. Excuse me, sir. That would not yeah. have happened. No. The Death Eaters and Lord Voldemort are too arrogant to think that Snape is two-timing them. They will see what yeah. they want to see.
0: Well, you know what Snape could say? Like,
1: sorry, I have to, like, keep my cover. Yeah. like, Dumbledore if he will fire had... me if I yeah. am racist towards children, or if I bully yeah. this child, if I make this child my... have poison.
0: Yeah, my being a spy is only contingent on the fact that, like, I keep my job. That
1: Dumbledore thinks, yeah, that Dumbledore... Yeah, that Dumbledore
0: thinks I'm on the good side. Like, he he also, it's not like there's no other choice. Like, he has a very good explanation, even if that were the
1: case. Actually, quickly, on that kind of note, something that we didn't touch on with the relationship with Dumbledore is that do you think that Dumbledore knows the extent to which Snape is, like, mean to these students? And what do you think Dumbledore's reasoning on that is? For the greater good. Okay, so there,
0: there, there is an instance in one of the memories where the same one that happens in *Happily Prince*, where Dumbledore is like, because Snape is like, "What are you and Harry doing all this all the time? You're spending together." And Dumbledore is like, "Why? You want to give him another detention? That boy will like soon be spending more detention, like more time in detention than out of detention." So I'm not saying that that's like proof that Dumbledore knows everything and like obviously the headmaster is going to know about detentions mm-hmm. but like obviously he's like calling Snape out about it for a particular reason so I think Dumbledore knows most of what happens granted the like teeth incident probably not, the Trevor incident yeah. probably yeah. not, like only the only way Dumbledore would find out is like number one if he's like spying on Snape for like some magic reason or if like kids then went and told yeah. and I don't think kids went and told so I do think, like, he knows that, obviously, Snape has a disliking towards Harry. I don't know if, like, do we think Lupin went to Dumbledore and was like, hey, just a heads up, like, Snape is Neville's greatest fear. Like, I think that's a little bit of a problem. I think i to go tell HR. <laughs> yeah, like, somebody needs to investigate that. <laughs> um, I think Dumbledore knew enough to know that, like, Snape was bullying these children. Yeah. And I don't want to say that Dumbledore didn't care. But I don't think, like I think Dumbledore tried his best to be like Snape, bro, come on. And I think he valued
1: what Snape was giving, quote, greater good, good, more so than, you know, maybe these students weren't getting the best potions education because they were getting bullied in class. He was willing to sacrifice that. We've seen Dumbledore willing to sacrifice children's education before.
0: Oh, one hundred. That's for a different episode.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um, so, in summary, uh, good side of war does not equal good guy. That is my mantra
0: when it comes to Snape. Yeah, he can be a, on the good side, but that does not make him a good guy. That is my Snape. That the title of my Snape dissertation. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, next thing is the Lily stuff. So, I'm not going to spend too long on this because I feel like Katie already like hit home a lot of the points. But, like, even if we call his obsession with Lily love, even if we give, we give you that, we call it love. Loving a good person does not make you a good person. He did not love Lily enough to care about anyone close to her, right? Her family, Petunia, James, Harry, her friends... He wanted to take Lily away from everyone and have her for himself. And he still called her a racial slur and his love for her was not enough to make him not a racist to convince him that he shouldn't fight for the racist side in the war. That, like, the war that literally wanted to eradicate people like her. Um, so... Yeah, because, like, we see Lily as kind of this, like, shining angel right like she's very much a martyr in within series within fandom there's like a lot of people don't see any bad that lily evans potter did and people take snape's kind of uh love for lily and appreciation of her and if you can love something so pure then you must also be good right how can a bad person love a good person that much? And I think that when we poke and prod at his love for her, we see that, like, his love was kind of malicious. And it, uh, it, he didn't actually love her for the fact that she was a good person, right? He, if he had loved, the, like, good qualities and good kind-heartedness about her and not just the fact that he was, she was kind to him. If he had loved the fact that she was kind to everyone and that, you know, she approached everything in a non judgmental way, if he had loved those things about her, maybe you could convince me that loving Lily Potter makes you a good person, but that's not what he loved about her, and we know that. He yeah. loved that she treated him that way, but he didn't want her to treat other people that way. And that's kind of, like, Lily's thing, is that she was, like, kind of, like, she was good to everyone. Yeah. Um, And then, finally, uh, there's the, he was bullied by the Marauders. He was abused and neglected by his parents. And these things are, like, we can point to them, and we can understand his bad behavior, and therefore, we can excuse it. And I think that that is a dangerous trope, because... Yes, I am 100% with you. The Marauders should not have treated him the way they did. It was cruel. It was terrible. Like, that's, yes, that's that. But they were 16 years old at the time. And Snape, at age 30-something, is still using that kind of as an excuse for the way that he is acting. And he is acting even worse to children. The 16-year-old Marauders were mean to Snape. They bullied Snape day in, day out. Like, that was bad. 30-something-year-old Snape was mean to 16-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 11-year-olds and bullied them day in, day out. I'm not saying that I'm trying to hold him to this higher standard. I'm saying that He had an opportunity to mature and learn from the way that he was treated and made to feel terrible and be like, I don't want to make people ever feel as terrible as they made me feel. I'm not saying he had to be this perfect person. He had to literally just not bully people. And that would have been growth. I do also
0: really think that this excuse, and that's what it is, I didn't mince words. I think this excuse is kind of a disservice to, like, Harry as well. Because, like, Harry had a really rough childhood. He grew up in, like, an abusive home. And, like, we see him as this, like, great... Like, that is—he's the good. He's the shining light because he is able to, like, leave that behind him and still, like, love and care for everybody that's around him. Like, that did not change his morals. Yeah. That did not change, like, how he chooses to act in the future. And that's, like, one of, I think, the greatest things about the Harry character. Um, I know we kind of, like, rag on him a lot, but, like, at the end of the day, he is, like, so pure and so good, in a lot of ways right and so to like use that same excuse like for other people's bad behavior I think like takes a lot away from like what is so good about the hairy character if like if that makes any sense um I know like I'm probably like not using very eloquent words to describe what I'm talking about but I think that like if you
1: I don't know I just feel like it kind of like Takes away from yeah. Harry's character. I, uh, I I really agree with that. I think that's a really good point. Um, and I think it's it's difficult to talk about this because we don't... I don't want to ever, like, point to someone who was bullied as a child or who was abused or neglected as a child because we, we presume that Snape was all three. Yes. I don't want to point to people like that and be like, well, you should be better because you know what it feels like to be on that side. And you, yeah. you don't like what, you know, I'm not trying to say, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I, I'm trying to say, don't use it as an excuse to do that. Right? Don't yeah, use like it as maybe a. Yeah, at least reason be like a that. decent human being. Right. D- like that has morals i'm not saying i'm not trying to hold it against you that you were bullied and saying well you should be better because you were bullied i'm saying yeah just just maybe don't bully (laughs) right yeah like don't bully in return right like (laughs) yeah like no no one should be a bully and i'll say don't bully to like james potter was given everything he ever wanted in life and i am anti him being a bully I am also anti-Snape being a bully and I'm, you know, maybe I'm a tiny bit more forgiving of Snape being a bully because I can understand some of the reasons. I can understand them, but I can't excuse his behavior, right? There's a difference between understanding why he is the way he is and excusing it and saying, well, it's okay that he was mean. It doesn't matter that he was mean because he was also, people were mean to him it doesn't write like it doesn't write it off it doesn't cancel things yeah out. okay i'll say two things
0: one in comparison to james i think granted we don't see a whole lot of this so a lot of this is like in between the lines but we are at least led to believe that james did the thing that Snape could never do and that is grow yeah, yeah, and evolve yeah. and like get better and he did it in a lot shorter time period <laughs> he, he sure as heck did um so again like granted we don't see this happen in writing but like we as readers it is presumed that growth was done mm-hmm. right part two i think again you kind of alluded to this that this is like a very slippery slope it's like well then like can we all just become voldemort apologists like he had a tough childhood <laughs> um so, again, I think that, like, I don't think, I don't like this excuse either, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I do, I do, like, you know, like, kind of like you said, I don't want to discount the, like, hardships that Snape had in his life, but that is not an excuse for the behavior he has later in life. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think, yeah, I guess maybe to try to, like, sum this up in some way. I think that... Snape is extremely layered, and we understand his motives for some things, and we understand the causes of the way he acts in some ways, but that doesn't change our evaluation of him as being a good person or not. And I think this is like we often use um we often use this logic. In a similar way for Dumbledore, and I think the, we the two of us have talked about this on the podcast before. But in the case of Dumbledore, we are both maybe Dumbledore apologists, and we say like, look at all the good things Dumbledore has done. Look at all the good ways he has treated people. Look at what he has done, including Snake. Including Snake. Look, look what he was, has done for the world, and you know he's treated Harry pretty well at times too. Oh yeah. But yes, we learn that you know he maybe he is manipulative. Not maybe, he is manipulative. And and he did mistreat Harry in some ways. And for us, those undertones do not cancel out all of the good that he did. And in the same logic, but sort of reversed, we say, look at all the bad things Snape has done. And yes, there are a lot of very important good things in there, but but look at all of the look at this poor behavior. Look at how he made these children feel. And learning that he did a few great deeds in his life or that, you know, while he was acting poorly, he was dedicating his life to the good side, that doesn't change. And it doesn't negate all of the bad things he did. So Dumbledore's motives and maybe Dumbledore's knowledge that he should have shared with people doesn't negate the good stuff that Dumbledore did, and Snape's knowledge, or or Snape's uh, motives and undertones and things that he was doing in the background doesn't negate the bad stuff he did. Like, you are a balance of the things that you, the actions that you do, and you can't just cancel things out with each other and be like, well, I was really mean to everyone for 30 years, but you know, in the background, I was trying to save the wizarding world therefore good person it doesn't work like that
0: yeah i will leave you with this i would like somebody to point to one nice thing nice thing that snape did not good thing but nice thing Mm -hmm. that snape
1: did throughout the series definitely not a nice guy
0: (laughs) i can't find it
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) we can debate good guy bad guy for a while definitely not a nice guy yeah all right
0: So for today's pop quiz, Audrey and I will not be answering because I think our answers are made pretty clear throughout the last three and a half hours or four hours that you've been listening to us. But the question is, just super broadly, what are your thoughts on Snape?
1: Okay. Uh, Facebook. People had words to say. (laughs) Uh, So Linda said. James was an ass to him, so his dislike of James was just. He truly loved Lily and was heartbroken. He hated Harry right away because he was James's son. He just as easily could have loved him for being Lily's son. He was blinded mm-hmm. by his hatred for James. And I think that's I like yeah. That. I think that's a really good point. I think um, Snape choos- chose to see Harry for what he thought was bad instead of what he thought was good when really it was 50-50, right? Yeah. He was pessimistic. He was a glass half-empty. Half-empty. Harry (laughs) was a glass half-empty to him. (laughs) Okay, Morgan said, might Loki be in love with him? (laughs) Oh no, Morgan. (laughs) I hope we've missed (laughs) one. She said, I know he's terrible and was literally Neville's biggest fear, but unfortunately I fall for the bad boy you really want to fix up trope oh my goodness Morgan also aware his obsession with Lily was unhealthy but if I was on the receiving end I wouldn't be upset about it <laughs> I also think he's a badass because he was able to deceive Voldemort for the majority of the story I agree so with last the last right, sentence
0: okay. <laughs> Morgan honey. okay and Morgan I hope you're really talking about like in writing your yeah. favorite trope is like a bad boy want to fix up I truly hope for your own well-being oh, yeah.
1: that that it's not like
0: you're tasting yeah let
1: us know you're good (laughs) if you need help we're here (laughs) um just just check in with us all right (laughs) so michael responded to morgan and said that's right think about that he was able to to see Valdi being right there with him in his inner circle that's incredible really yeah snape is a hero on so many levels and i
0: Again, I yeah don't I agree with that. with that I think Snape
1: is a hero and yeah I like that Michael just addressed that part of that comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know
0: what they tell you kids never meet your heroes. So,
1: Lisa said Snape did a great job being a spy for Dumbledore, but he definitely didn't need to be as mean to Harry and other students as he was. That was Lisa. You said what we just said in an hour and forty <laughs> minutes in like one sentence. Good job. Um, True. Michael said, I'm sure his meanness was just part of his being undercover, pretending to be working for Voldemort. It makes sense. You don't want anyone in Hogwarts to ever think Snape was giving was even remotely favoring or giving preferential treatment to Harry. Again, there's a new We address. Yeah, there, that. there's a new yes. Like you could not bully and you could not give preferential treatment. Yes. You could even be like a little bit mean to Harry and I would excuse it, honestly.
0: Yeah. Just throw in on, like one poni- potion, banishing. Like, all right, I
1: can live <laughs> with it. <laughs> um. Okay, Micah said, "Worst teacher ever." No matter what your feelings are, or who his, chi- who. A child, so- whose child somebody is there is no reason that a teacher should treat their students the way snape treats those students as a teacher i understand not liking a child but they get treated as everyone else does in class my personal feelings do not affect the way i te- treat a student yes micah you sound like a good teacher michael responded all true but this is a fictional story after all if he were a proper professor he'd be boring as a character <laughs> i mean i yeah i guess he would be yeah
0: true um
1: and then Leia said he had a compelling background but i really can't get over someone knowingly bullying children and that's a pretty Agreed. good answer
0: all right i also did post this on instagram to maybe try and get a larger straw poll so i got a couple answers here wacky yacky said unforgivable Excellent yes, on your thoughts on Snape, I'll <laughs> be needed to hear. Not Carson Daly said, "I know he's on the good side, but he's a bully."
1: Facts oh my God! So again. many people agree with us.
0: <laughs> um, Salvador said he may be problematic, but you can't deny Snape's got proficiencies with magic. Oh,
1: not deny that,
0: yeah. Eight. A- I don't really know what this word means, and it might be bad. I don't know if we should say this. When Ava
1: Ava V Club says "incel," dot dot dot. Oh,
0: isn't that like when people? Yeah,
1: it's like um, in. I think it's involuntary celibate. It means that like oh, okay. no one will have sex. I will. We'll just cut that one out.
0: Yeah, it's not necessary.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Kaylin underscore Rogers 19 says one of the best HP characters. Again, like, I don't know if I even disagree with that. Like, I think he's a great character. He's not one of my favorites, but maybe best is a word that I could get behind. Yeah. Like character, yeah, like, best interesting written character wise. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely Interesting. <laughs> that Snape's interesting I'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay So yeah again
0: like I, like I said Audrey and I don't really need to answer this question Because I'm sure it's quite obvious Our thoughts and feelings on Snape at this point um, But yeah I think some of those comments Really did just sum it up Really really great Yeah,
1: A lot more succinct than us yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, Snape's done. <laughs> um, <laughs> Should
0: we tease what next episode is about? And do you think people have guessed? Okay,
1: we did say that we've done every meaningful character in the series, but we have <laughs> not done... Um, one particular character. Yeah. See if you can figure out what that character is. I actually want it to see if people can figure out.
0: I mean, not to give any more hints, but, like, we have been kind of joking about this
1: person being the last <laughs> episode <laughs> already previously,
0: so stay tuned. Yeah,
1: so those episodes um, should go up in the remainder of August, and then we'll kind of, s- or in into the first day of September and then we'll kind of switch over to uh, a new schedule and talking about chapters so uh, you'll still be able to find our podcast on the normal feed I guess patrons if you listen to like our normal episode on your patron feed as well you're gonna have to like switch over because we won't be posting to those RSS feeds but you can just go over to normal Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever and search us and um, listen from there. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it won't be every other Tuesday, but it will be once a month. I am not gonna swear to that, but I'm gonna give you. a will yeah. do my best. Yeah, and we'll
0: we'll um, we'll see if because part two, like our last regularly scheduled episode, is coming out on September first. So we'll see how we are in September to see if we like want to do another one. Because like technically that is one for the month, but. Yeah we'll see how we're feeling but at least minimum you should be hearing from us at least in October
1: yeah at some time if Katie still wants to talk to me when she has British friends cooler British friends you know cooler British friends with better takes on Harry Potter oh I got it (laughs) um
0: so yeah i like i don't know i feel like we're closing out the last episode even though like i know it's definitely not it's like not even the end of our regularly scheduled episodes but um but yeah anyways (laughs) you can find us on social media we're wizard studies podcast on facebook and instagram and wizard studies on twitter you can join our facebook group we might be posting um I don't know. We'll see how we feel. Like episodes might just drop randomly and you'll have to be subscribed to us to get notifications. But if we have like any plan whatsoever, maybe we'll post in our Facebook groups kind of like, "Hey, we recorded an episode like one should be hitting your feed yeah. soon." So if you want to kind of be in the know, maybe have more um up-to-date news about when those like more sporadic episodes are going to be coming out, join our Facebook group. It's a Wizard's Tales Podcast
1: Group on Facebook. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all
0: rot.